It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.07 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful, doing whatever you want to do in your landscape. Just ask me a question. I will give you an answer, hopefully based on research, hopefully based on a little bit of experience on my part. If you want to ask garden questions this afternoon, Ashley Frasca, who is about as good a gardener as you're going to find, other than maybe me sometimes. <laughs> she has a lot of experience, though, and plenty of weeds in her lawn. Um, if you want to see Ashley Frasca, she's going to be at Soleil Laurel Canyon up in Canton this afternoon. There's a nice open house there. They'll have raffles and uh, WSB booth will be there with giveaways from that. And Ashley will be there to answer garden questions, talk about traffic in Atlanta. Oh my gosh, that girl can talk traffic. And so if you have questions about that and some gardening stuff you want to talk to her about, I'll be in Norcross at the grand opening of the Discovery Garden in downtown Norcross City. And so you can come and see that as well. Either one of us asking, answering your garden questions while you wait. Don't forget, you can ask questions on Twitter. But before we do that, actually, let's do the weekend prize pack. What do you say? I'm right. ready. Ashley is going to think of a number between two and seven that will determine who wins. Let's see. A pair of tickets to see Don Henley in concert. This is in January, January 22nd at the Fox Theater. And a family four-pack of tickets to see an Atlanta Gladiators home game at Infinite Energy Arena. Who gets to see Don Henley and the Gladiators, Ashley? Caller number four. Caller number four. Contest line, 404-741-0750. 404-741-0750. Please dial carefully. Now let's get our Twitter question out of the way. If you want to tweet me a question, at Walt, you just I'm at Walter Reeves on Twitter, but then hashtag it, ask Walter. What's our question, Ashley? Clay is the first one to tweet us a question today, and Walter, he says, is this a good time to plant blueberry plants? Is it better or worse than in the springtime? This is the awesomest. Is that a word? This is the awesomest time to plant blueberry plants right now. Uh, blueberries planted in the fall have so much more time to establish their root system and to get growing and to have some blueberries next year. The key, I think, Clay, is that when – and it has to do with clay, as a matter of fact – is that blueberries are a woodland plant. And so if you want to make them happy, you give them an environment that feels like the woods to their roots. And that is not what it feels like when you have a lot of clay in the soil. So my recommendation when you're planting blueberries in the fall is to get peat moss. And peat moss does two things. One, it adds organic matter to the soil. Two, it acidifies the soil, which again makes it feel like a woodland environment. And so add about a cubic foot of peat moss to the planting area that you're going to put your blueberry. Each blueberry shrub needs about a cubic foot of peat moss. Dig it all in real good. Plant your blueberry in the middle. Water it nicely so it doesn't dry out. Water it a few times more during the wintertime. And that blueberry is going to be so, so happy when spring happens. You get blooms in April, May, and then you get blueberries, depending on which variety you have in June, July, something like that. But now is the great time to plant blueberries outside. Pike Nursery, of course, has a fine selection of blueberries. I would be remiss if I did not say that. Jim is up in Dawsonville, and Jim joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Jim. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Hey, man. What's, what's up? What's the best time to plant Leland's? Uh, fall. 
same sort of deal without the peat moss. Um, the biggest problem that we have with Leland Cypress is right now, Jim, and all around Dawsonville, Cherokee County, um, Forsyth County, all up in there, is that people planted Leland Cypresses about 20 or 30 years ago when they were really, really, really popular and never planted a big enough area for the roots to spread out in. And Leland's now are so big that they're beyond the capacity of their roots to supply moisture in the summertime when it's dry. And that gives the Leland's an excuse to have a canker disease, which is wiping them out in North Georgia. So your job, Jim, is a big, wide area loosen, just loosen it up real good, six or seven feet in diameter, and plant the Leland in the middle. Would it be smarter to buy a taller Leland than the shorter ones? No, no, the shorter ones catch on faster. If you buy a, let's say, an eight-foot Leland Cypress and compare it to a four-foot one that you plant right now, the eight-foot will spend easily a couple of years before it grows much any much much uh, height at all and the four foot will catch up with it in a couple of years and it exceed it in three years so four foot high lelands are much preferable to the eight foot tall ones uh can i plant them in april one problem i have repeat the question i didn't quite get the question there jim can i plant them around april that's a problem i have i'm not going to be here to do it you can, but are you going to be there for the rest of the spring and summer and fall? Yes. Because it's going to require water. And again, this is definitely a time when the smaller size plant is the better size plant because I get a lot of questions. As you can imagine, I get emails and questions throughout the week by uh, social media and Facebook, places like that. And a lot of people have that same sort of question of, I planted my Leland Cypress in April. Now it's July. It's browning. It's not doing well. What did I do? What do I do now to fix it? And most of the time, it's because of lack of water. Like I said, you got to water them good. And the fall, that's why fall is such a better plan to do it. But if you want to plant in April, just make sure you keep it watered during the summer because you've got to have a nice big root system to anchor it down, provide the moisture it needs. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Information right there, straight from the heart and accurate, too. That's what you'll count on at the Lawn and Garden Show. Lynn is in coming. And Lynn joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Lynn. Morning. Good morning, Walter. I have a question about my um, uh, Chinese snowball viburnum. Yeah, it was beautiful in the spring, loaded with blooms. I did a pretty serious pruning after it bloomed. I now have some lovely flat white blooms, but I also have uh, some significant growth that's out of proportion with the plant. <laughs> I'd like to prune it again, but I'm wondering if I will sacrifice the gorgeous spring blooms if I bloom it, uh, prune it in the fall. You got a viburnum that blooms on two kinds of wood. It blooms on old wood and on new wood. So, if it's really out of proportion, I'm going to say go ahead and prune it, Lynn, and we'll let it have a little fewer, a few fewer flowers next spring. But it's not going to cure itself. It wants to be a big plant. The viburnums are I don't know, 15, 20 feet tall sometimes, and six feet across, and they get big. So if you're going to keep it in bounds, you were right. You pruned it last year after it bloomed, and you probably should have pruned it again in August of this year. Maybe that should be your calendar for next year to keep it in bounds. Okay. okay. Well, thank you very much. Good luck with it. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Dave is in Oxford, way out in Covington, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Dave. Good morning. Good morning. Hey. What's yes, going on in Oxford this morning? Uh, 
I have some cabbage and broccoli I planted in mid-September, and it's doing really well. But um, with all this hot weather, is that going to have a detrimental effect on the head formation? Mm, a little bit. The main thing you worry about when you have hot weather after planting is it bolting and turning, you know, making right. the yellow flowers. If it has not bolted yet, and thankfully most of the cabbage and broccoli plants that are sold these days are resistant to bolting real quickly. Um, so yeah, there'll be some some changes or, or, or effect of hot weather on the head and the floret, I guess we call it floret found, uh, formation on the broccoli. But what are you going to do? You can't air condition it. It's just the way it is. Uh, you can't shade it. That's not going to help anything. And temperatures look like they're headed downward permanently now. We're not going to have any more 90-degree afternoons yeah. like we did Wednesday. So I think you're pretty fine to just leave it alone and don't worry too much about them. Okay. Other thing, I ha question I have, I have orange bulldog pumpkins. Yeah. And um, it's really a good variety, but some of the pumpkins, instead of being round, they're elongated. Yeah, yeah. What caused that? Poor pollination. Is that right? Yeah, weird pollination. When you don't get all of the ovules pollinated in a, in a fruit, squash and cucumber and pumpkin and watermelon and all, they'll make uh, just odd shapes. And so uh -huh. elongation is one of those things where some got pollinated on one side and didn't on the other side, so it elongates rather than being round. Sure yeah. enough. Don't worry about it. There's nothing wrong with it. Eat it or carve it or show it off to your neighbors. <laughs> Whatever you yeah. want to do, it's not going to hurt. Not going to hurt my feelings, and there's nothing wrong with that that plant. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you for your time. You bet, Dave. Thanks for calling. Right, bye. Don't forget that if you don't get your question answered today, remember Twitter, we ask Walter at Twitter. But if you don't get your question answered, you can always go to my website at walterreeves.com. Lots of things to be done there to get more education about gardening. You can follow me on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter at Walter Reeves. You can follow me on Pinterest, where I have nothing but weeds and their control. That's all I do on Pinterest is weeds and their control, weed control and identification. And you can subscribe to the newsletter. I give an email newsletter every two weeks, and the last issue came out this past Thursday, and it had a, uh, a nice description, an article about how to plant pansies, pansy perfection, and then pictures that people send to me, and one particular one that I really enjoyed seeing was a woman had a uh, playset, and she said, something is chewing on my playset, and she sent pictures, and the good thing that I could see from the pictures was that she didn't have one critter, she had two. She had a squirrel that was chewing on the corners of the post that supported her playset, and then there was a part that I could see the cells of carpenter bees had been the wood has been pulled off and exposed those cells and i said to her you got the other critter is a pileated woodpecker that's pulling the wood off there so one don't worry about the squirrels they just are stupid and they do things like that they chew on just about anything when they're young in the fall and then for the pileated woodpecker make sure you don't have any carpenter bee holes and if you do see them in the place that's where a little insecticide up there to control them so anyway the email newsletter completely free and you can subscribe to that by going to walterreeves.com it's 818 and we'll be back to more lawn and garden after this this is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Here's the basics. It's going to be cool, clear, 
Sunny skies, no rain in the forecast. Highs today in the mid-60s. Overnight lows, again, no rain, but again in the low 40s. Right now it's 46 degrees at News Talk WSB. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes. Tom in Brookhaven comes up right now on the Lawn and Garden Show. Hey, Tom. Good morning. Hey, Walter. How you doing? I'm all right. What's up? I have I'm, got a mondo grass area, and my zoysia is invading it. Um, other than manual labor, is there a way to get that out of there? Not to my knowledge. Darn. Yeah, darn. Let me think, let me think, let me think, let me think. What could we do? Is it full sun or some shade, or what's going on? It's mostly sun. It's... I'm just trying to think, is there any way just to slow down the zoysia with any of the sort of selective weed control products? The Let me think. I, I just don't think of one that's safe. I can't. I'm not going to give you some trial and error things that might wipe out all your mondo grass or might wipe out the – well, you want to wipe out the zoysia. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to be manual labor. I hate to say that, Tom. Uh, the time that I would try to do some uh, weed control is in the spring when the zoysia is greened up real good, like first week of May maybe. And sit on an upturned plastic bucket with a little paintbrush with Roundup sprayed on it, just wipe the Roundup on the zoysia and hope it goes away. All right. I'll, you, I'll keep I, you know, I do have another product and selection for you. I have seen at some of the, I want to say big box stores more than I have at uh, Pike and the hardware stores, but I have seen a gel form of Roundup. It looks like a Great big underarm deodorant dispenser is what it looks like. <laughs> but basically, you take the cap off of it, you turn a little knob at the bottom, just like a deodorant dispenser, and you can use that to wipe on things. So it's very controllable. And that's a possibility as far as a technique of applying Roundup just to zoysia and not getting on the Mondo grass. The, uh, that actually might stick. work. Yeah, yeah. Try that and see. Let me, let me know right. about that. Let me call me back in late May next year and let me know if it works. It should. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks for calling, Tom. I hope to hope to hear from you. Okay. It is uh, eight twenty-six. If you, tell you what, Charlie, if you get in here really quick, we can get you done, and you can be on your way this morning. Charlie joins us from Locust Grove. Morning, sir. Hey, good morning. Um, we just finished a uh, patio with paved stones in the backyard, and of course, the folks had to do some grading around and and some fill. And I nice. uh, was wondering, is it too late to? plant or to seed uh, Bermuda grass. <laughs> Tim Bryant, just the newsman, just walked into the studio about five minutes ago and said, hey, should I plant Bermuda grass seed right now? And I turned and said, no. <laughs> so, in, a, in a word, no. You get the same answer that Tim did, Charlie, which is no. Uh, soil temperatures are getting you know lower by the day. They're in their mid-60s earlier this week. They're probably into the lower 60s right now. And the lower you get, the, la the less germination you'll get with Bermuda seed. If you want to do anything, you can plant ryegrass right now. Ryegrass will be fine and plant the Bermuda seed next spring. All right. And just uh, mix it with some starter fertilizer yeah. and this sort of thing? Yeah, you got it. All right. We'll do that then, sir. All right, Thank Charlie. You. Thanks for calling. Yep. Bye. It's 827 at News Talk WSB. This is Lawn and Garden. Mickey Gasaway will be with us in just a minute from Pike Nursery. We'll announce a very, very nice, a very nice thing that will be on sale for 20% off this weekend. You want to get some of this plant. So if you want to get in the car, head for Pike Nursery and hear what the uh, uh, plant is going to be for the Pike Pick of the Weekend. Go ahead and do that. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news. I don't know what
It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.35 on a Saturday morning, 46 degrees. It's actually 47 when I walked in. It's 46 now, so it's going down just a little bit, but up into the mid-60s this afternoon. One of the things that I do regularly is visit my local Pike Nursery. I go to the Toco Hill Pike Nursery, and when I go there, I'm always impressed by A, how clean it is, B, how pretty it is, and C, how much help I get from the from the experts at Pike Nursery. And one of the best experts at Pike Nursery is Mickey Gazaway, who goes to her favorite Pike Nursery location out in West Cobb every day to work out there. And you might see her there. And Mickey joins us this morning. Good morning, Mickey. Good morning, Walter. How are you? Well, I teased it a minute ago, and I was excited when I found out what the uh, Pike pick for the weekend is going to be. So why don't you go ahead and review? favorites is hellebores. Hellebores. We do it two or three times a year, and hellebores are one of the best plants for the garden you can have. Completely carefree. Plant it right, it'll never never disappoint. That's exactly right. I love them. I've got them all over my yard. Yeah, me too. And, um, they're just they're so, and there's so many new ones now. We used to not be able to tell what they were going to look like. We'd see the, um, you know, we'd get them in and they'd just say hellebores, and we didn't know if they were going to be pink or if they were going to be white or if they were going to be purple or what. Now we know exactly what they're going to look like. And one of the things that tells you how confident I am in hellebores is I talked to Sarah Henderson, who runs the um, volunteer and horticultural program at the uh, Oakland Cemetery here in right. Atlanta. And that's where I'm going to be buried. I have a plot at Oakland Cemetery. Oh, fantastic. And I asked her, what could I plant on my plot temporarily before I need it? And she said, hellebores. And I thought, man, I got a bunch of little hellebore seedlings around underneath my older plants. And so I want to go one afternoon once it's rained some and plant me some hellebores on my grave plot. Oh, that would be a great idea. So our listeners who have <laughs> pre-planned like that, if you have yeah. a great flight, hellebores would not be a bad selection to put down there. So tell me some about some of the uh, different varieties well, that are on sale. Some, like I said, we've got some newer varieties. There's one a whole collection called the Gold Collection. Most of those are... Um, our old hellebores were hellebores orientalis. Yeah. That was Lenten rose, and they bloom during Lent, usually right after Christmas. These, there's some newer ones now in this gold collections, which are the Nigers, that bloom early. We call those winter roses, okay. even though they're not roses. That's just confuse you. But um, they are, there's some really, really pretty ones. Um, there's a new one this year, and I think it's part of the gold collection, but I'm not sure. It's called Penny's Pink. It's a bright, bright pink. Oh. And it's pretty. And then there's one called Jacob Limper that everybody likes. and Or Joseph Limper and Jacob. Just Jacob, I think, is the yeah. other one. And those are two that everybody loves. You know, what I hate is when you say there's a new one, and I think, well, i got to have that. <laughs> I go to Pike, and I bring my credit card in, and they say, well, wouldn't you like some of this and some of that? And I think, Yes, I would like some of that too. And so I go in and walk out with fifty right fifty dollars worth of plants I didn't mean to get. But hellebore is okay, you got a new hellebore, the pink one, I'll go get that this afternoon. Man, oh man, oh man. Well they are pretty. They are beautiful and the rabbits don't eat them and 
the deer don't eat them, right. which is great. And they make little, little babies, and so there's just hardly anything negative to say about hellebores or Lenten rose or Christmas rose or whatever we want to call it there. So that's a great thing. And now I know these are not on sale, but you got plenty of pansies. I bragged on you the other oh, m- yeah. few minutes ago about how nice the pansies looked at Pike Nursery, so you got lots of those too. They are. They're beautiful, and um, the four-packs are on sale. Tell me more. How much are the four packs? One seventy-seven. Great price. So that, and I'm telling that that's what Glenn told me. So I hope he's right. right I knew they were on sale. It's on the, but they're um, um, they're beautiful. I mean, they're so pretty. And we've got the violas, and we've got the big pansies, and the faces, and the non-faces. So. They're beautiful. So Pike pretty. Nursery is such a, such a great place to visit. It's always, like I said, clean and pretty and full of fun people and experts who can advise you about gardening. And uh, certainly if you need some expertise, expertise on designing your landscape, Pike has the Pike Design Group, which you can call, and they will set up an appointment and come out and give discounts on the plants that they uh, sell to you that you want to install in your landscape. They can plan it out so it's over a two- or three-year period if you need to do that. So... Sort of the one-stop super shop for gardening in Atlanta at Pike Nursery. That's exactly right. Well, Mickey, I know that uh, there is a way to find all the Pike locations. And how how would we find the Pike locations? At PikeNursery.com. Of course. Well uh, how's, the, how's the University of Alabama doing today? Uh, they're playing Texas A&M, I think, today. Ooh, that's going to be a fun game, yeah, too. Yeah, it's going to be fun. That quarterback for Texas A&M. Oh, right. boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. We'll see you soon, Mickey. Bye-bye. 404-872-0750 gets you. And on Mickey's line, Mike is in McDonough and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Mr. Mike, good morning. Uh, good morning, sir. Morning. I have about uh, 10 citrus plants that I... I guess it's getting about that time to yeah. try to move them into the garage if I can find a spot for them. Yeah. And I lost, well, a couple of them got hit pretty bad last year with spider mites, so I was just wanting to know what I needed to do to prep them before I put them into the garage this year. Do I need to spray them or whatever? And then once I get them in the garage, what should I, my maintenance schedule be? And join the club on the spider mites. My one Meyer lemon gets eaten up by spider mites inside every year. And you know what I think, Mike, is that the predatory mites and beneficial insects that are outside in the summertime control the spider mites just a hundred percent. I don't see a single bit of damage to them during the summer. But as soon as I bring my Meyer lemon in, the spider mites start munching on the leaves. So this year I'm trying to amend my practices a little bit better than I did last year. And this year I'm going to try to get a little container of neem oil, the horticultural uh, oil, and put it on a piece of paper towel, probably, and just run it along the back side of the leaves. And just not that many leaves. There's, you know, 100 leaves maybe on my Meyer lemon. And you maybe could use a little spray can, spray bottle or something with neem oil in there and spray the back side of the leaves to suffocate the spider mites before they get a chance to increase their you population. You say the back side is the underside, you mean? Yeah, or? the underside, yeah. 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 Okay. Because, I, you know, I'm not really comfortable saying spray with one of the normal spider mite uh, insecticides because that might affect the fruit, might affect some of your pollination. I don't want to do that. So oil is about the best you can do for mite control. And during the winter, do I need to put that oil on every so often? Or? I'm going to try it three times. I'm going to do it once the day I bring them in, and then I'm going to do it again probably December, early January, and another time in February and March. That's my schedule anyway. All right. I'll give it a shot. Thanks, Good luck sir. with it. All right, man. We'll see you soon. Bye. We got uh, 843. That gives Linda her turn. Linda, hey, join us on Lawn and Garden. Good morning. 
Hi, Walter. How you doing this morning? Fine. How can I help? Well, I I was listening to your conversation with uh, your previous uh, caller that was trying to get rid of some. Well, I came in on the end, yeah. and it sounded like he was trying to kill some zoysias. Yeah, zoysia in his mondo zoysia. grass. Yeah. Well, anyway, I've been spraying my mondo with Roundup for years to kill the weeds that's growing in it, and it has they haven't been affected at all. And mm. even when I deliberately try to to destroy some of the mondo with the Roundup, it has they haven't been affected. So I'm not going to let you go a lot further than that because, Linda, I spray Roundup on this little patch of Mondo next to my path, and the path gets narrow where the Mondo is growing. And I spray Roundup on that Mondo grass, and it kills it dead. So don't tell me Roundup does not kill Mondo grass because I know it does. Well, I just wanted to say maybe he could try it on a a small little patch of it because I've been doing it, and and I, I don't know if it's a different variety of Mondo or what, but... Maybe a very light spray might, but I'm not going to say that I've had any positive experience in that direction. Again, I kill Mondo grass with Roundup, and I know it'll kill if you spray it directly on the on the plant. Well, I I just wanted to put that uh, put that out there. You know, there's there's, there's many many discoveries area. made accidentally, and in my case, the most recent one was about how Roundup does not affect mosses, and that is, in my experience, true. You can spray weeds in moss, and it won't affect the moss at all, and the weeds die out completely. So, hey, there's lots still to learn. Well, that that was what I wanted to say. Well, thank you, Linda. Appreciate uh, that. All right, then you have a great day. Yourself the same. Thank you, ma'am. I enjoy yourself. Thank you, ma'am. Ashley. Another question from Twitter. Another question from Twitter. Tell it to me. People using the hashtag AskWalter. Kyle says, is it possible to grow an olive tree in Georgia? I got it for Christmas last year, and I've kept it in a planter. Obviously, one year is success so far. Yeah, you can. Some of them are more... Um, uh, uh, susceptible to cold, and the others are the are this is starts with an A Arabica or shoot I've forgotten. Um, there are olive trees that will grow successfully in Georgia. You're not going to get lots of olives in North Georgia. In South Georgia, they're growing olives commercially down there and pressing them. And have olive oil, Georgia native, uh, northern uh, uh, homegrown, state grown um, uh, olives down there. So, did the Twitterer say where this Twitterer is from, where he's living? He has UGA in his Twitter handle, so uh, I wonder if that doesn't put him somewhere Athens, northeast Athens, Georgia. North Georgia, yeah. He can get an olive tree to grow, protect it some from the frost, uh, and he's not going to get a lot of olives on it. But if he goes down to South Georgia, like I say, down in southwest Georgia, uh, where the blueberry growers are growing lots of blueberries in some of the middle belt across the middle of South Georgia, they're also growing olives there and trying to diversify the blueberry uh, production there with olives. So, yeah, I know they can be grown down there, and we'll take a chance on the ones north of Atlanta. How about that? It's 846 at News Talk WSB. A reminder that if you didn't get your question answered, I've said this before, I'll say it again, that you can go to my website and follow me on Twitter and Facebook and things like that. And don't forget that Ashley's going to be at Soleil Laurel Canyon this afternoon at around noon, and I'll be over in Norcross at the grand opening of the Discovery Garden there. And I wanted to mention one more thing about the newsletter that I talked about a minute ago about the uh, bi-weekly newsletter. One of the questions was about the critters that attacked her well, I can't get a piece of paper open here. There it is. The critters that attacked her playset. 
But the other question that I thought was really interesting was the question about pruning yopon hollies. And the fellow said, I've got these really tall yopon holly, big tall holly next to the uh, sidewalk going into my front porch, front door of the house. Can I prune the top of them and have growth happen down low, down four feet, five feet aggressive from the ground? These hollies are 10 feet, 12 feet tall, it looked like. And the answer to him was no. You can't do that. That's not the way plants grow. If you prune at the top of the plant, the recovery, the more sprouting is going to happen right there next to where you prune, and it does not make it grow any better or more full down at the lower part of the plant. So I suggested to him, you can see by the picture what I meant, you prune it down at about four feet high, have a little new growth down there, and keep it in bounds for the next two or three years, so or next forever, I guess, as long as the holly's living there. And as long as you keep it in bounds and keep it pruned, it's not going to be as messy and top-heavy as it looks right now. A lot of things to be learned on the newsletter. Subscribe at WalterReeves.com. It's 848. We'll be back after this. For breaking news, weather, and traffic updates, check back off of this weekend on WSB and the WSB Radio app. And first thing Monday in Atlanta's morning news, who won the weekend in campaign 2016? And when do we get some rain in the five-day forecast? I found my thrill. Oh, my friend Scott Maxim, what a man. Time for a weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Plenty of sunshine, clear skies all day long. I mean, you don't need a raincoat. You just need a sweater or a, sweats or a, or a sweatshirt, something like that. This afternoon, if you're outside gardening, afternoon highs in the mid-60s. No rain in the forecast. Clear skies overnight. Low 40 is the temperature predicted. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on your home with the dogs. News talk. WSB at 8.54. Another blueberry question. Thank you, Scott. Kevin in Fayetteville joins us. Hey, Kevin, good morning. Uh, good morning. I uh, hope you all are doing well. We and are well. Appreciate your show. Um, I, I live in an area that's got uh, very high, I mean, it's uh, old-growth timber. Yeah. And um, just wondering about planting uh, blueberries in that. They don't get a, They wouldn't get a lot of sun. Maybe three to four hours. Is that? Is that? Uh, and also, I've got two other questions. All right, let's okay. go. With the first question. The okay. answer to the first question is for sunshine. The more sunshine, the more blueberries. The less sunshine, the less blueberries. Uh, if you can do anything to limb the trees up or put the blueberries on the edge of the forest or something like that, but just keep that equation in mind. Sunshine okay. equals fruit. Okay. Um, and then, uh, what about grass in that kind of area? Mmm, grass, yeah. Sunshine equals grass, too. Grasses, right. they need sunshine as well. You might get fescue to grow on the edge of a, of a hardwood forest, but fescue, you don't see a lot of trees on an open grassy plain because that's what grass right. likes, and you know, the, the grass just does better in full sunshine. Most grasses do, anyway. Okay, and I planted um, several citrus trees, so satsuma and uh, a couple of lemon. Mm-hmm. Um, and from what I'm hearing, it sounds like I need to have them in pots. Absolutely. Because you got to move them inside, or you have to build a greenhouse around them. Which do you think I'm going to choose? Yeah. I move them inside, yeah, when I take my mire inside. So even if you cut them back and, and cover them up with straw, they wouldn't survive? Or Not a chance. Oh, really? 
I mean, okay. I'm just telling you the truth. That's what it's, yeah. it's, it's too cold. I know that uh, my friend Cy down in McDonough has a couple of citrus plants down there, but they're very cold hardy Cuban. What did we decide they were? There was some other kind of a citrus plant, and they're not all that edible. And I have a hardy citrus or trifoliate orange in my backyard that does great, but the fruit is totally so bitter you'll never, ever want to eat any of the fruit off of it. But Satsuma, no way it's going to survive winter. Okay. All right. I appreciate it. All right. There's truth, and the truth shall make you a better gardener, Kevin. Thanks for calling. 404 750 is the number for the Home Fix-It Show. Dave Baker's in the house. Ashley Frasca. You did such a great job today answering Twitter questions and answering questions this afternoon at Soleil Laurel Canyon. Scott Maxim finds the music in that Blueberry Hill was greatly appreciated, Mr. Maxim. I do appreciate that. If you didn't get your question answers today, you can go to WalterReeves.com and see my questions and answers there. And if you want to visit me this afternoon, I will be at the grand opening of the Norcross Discovery Garden in downtown Norcross. We'll see you here next Saturday morning for another edition of, you got it, Lawn and Garden.